Hello, friends. Welcome to the Industrial Marketing Show, the number one podcast for marketers in the manufacturing space. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew Shinella. And I'm MJ Peters. And MJ, today we are going to talk LinkedIn ads, which I'm super excited about because I've been working on LinkedIn ads for a while. We did Google ads a couple of weeks ago with, um, with Aaron weeks from gorilla 76 and it made me think like we were actually haven't done one on linkedin ads even though we talk about linkedin ads in a lot of episodes but we've actually never kind of did a dive on it you know what i mean yeah so i figured it would be a good episode to walk our industrial marketing tribe here through linkedin ads and sort of how i would approach it and how to approach it depending on how much budget you have what you sell um, how easy it is to find who you want to target. Yeah. So I think the comparison to the Google ads episode with Aaron is an interesting starting point because the strategy that you're going to run on Google ads and who you're trying to reach and what you're trying to do is very different than what you would do with a LinkedIn or a Facebook LinkedIn and Facebook being more similar to one another than either is similar to Google ads. So, um, Talk me through as a starting point, like what does a straw man strategy look like? How are we using LinkedIn ads? What are some of the things people need to think about before they start putting money on LinkedIn ads? All right. So you can, you can use LinkedIn ads in a variety of ways. I mean, and if you just go through your LinkedIn feed, you're going to see a lot of companies use LinkedIn ads in a lot of different ways. Um, some of them are going to use it for content distribution uh, in the form of like, you know, product marketing or, um, or kind of trying to highlight, you know, key benefits of their product, like try to communicate one at a time or a few at a time, or, or maybe do it using a vehicle like a case study, which is, which is a method I, I recommend. Others are going to use it for low intent lead gen, meaning they're going to have gated ebook, ebook downloads, and they're either going to send you to a landing page to fill it out where you're going to have a very low percentage um, and they're going to be low intent, or they're going to try to inflate their lead gen numbers by having a native form on LinkedIn to straight up download it. Issue with that is you're going to get a lot of non-business email addresses. And again, the intent is even lower at that point than clicking through to a landing page and downloading it. And then others use it to promote other kinds of events that they're running. So a lot of people will use it to promote webinars. Sometimes it's a trade show if it's a major trade show. Um, and then, um, and other times it'll be, you know, using something like LinkedIn live, if they have access to that, to try to have like those LinkedIn live sessions. So there's a few different ways people use LinkedIn ads. Um, also obviously sponsored in mail, um, where it is basically you, you connect and then, you know, pitch people. It's very, it's very performance marketing, very direct driven. And then also conversation ads, which is uh, a relatively new, advertising medium for for LinkedIn think of it like like a drift bot or a chat bot and uh, I don't have m a lot of experience in it but what I have had I, I don't see a lot of people in the engineering and manufacturing space responding very well to it um, I think in other areas where the ROI is more immediate for people I think you see more success with it but those are the main reasons those are the main kind of vehicles by which people would use LinkedIn ads um, and then I think for companies and for marketers, what they need to decide on is which of these fit my objective best for my company and for what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. So you run LinkedIn ads uh, at 
several industrial manufacturing companies in your role at Gorilla and your team runs these ads on behalf of your clients. So um, given that you can have all those different strategies or objectives when, when you're starting out with LinkedIn ads, what does the typical mix for your clients look like? And what I mean by that is how much budget are they putting behind content promotion versus email versus promoting a trade show or event or webinar? What does that typically look like? And where the starting point and how do you adjust from there? So overwhelmingly, we push our clients towards sponsored content. So that's content in the feed where you pick your objective, you pick the content type, whether that be an image or a video or a carousel ad. Um, but overwhelmingly, we're slanting people towards the sponsored content area, mostly because that's where people spend the most time. That's where they consume the most content. That's where they're, I think, most open to content as well. I think when you get inside someone's inbox, I think it comes off as intrusive for a lot of people. And I think they, they blanch at it. So for me, uh, sponsored content is definitely where I'm pushing uh, almost all of my clients. I've run some experiments on conversation ads and some experiments on email ads. I haven't been that impressed with the results that we've gotten. So uh, sponsored content has definitely been, been the bread and butter for us. In terms of budget, uh, it's an interesting question because I know you, know you and I both follow Chris, you work for Chris, obviously, of course you follow him. And I know there's a lot of companies out there spending, you know, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a month on LinkedIn ads. Um, most of our clients are spending anywhere between three and seven. And um, we're able to do really good things with, with that kind of budget and that kind of mix. So, I mean, I'm looking at most of my clients spending between three and $7,000 a month on sponsored content, LinkedIn ads. And then if they have another thing like a webinar, we'd also would recommend promoting that with sponsored content. And typically we would put $750 to $1,000 behind that and run it for a week to a, uh, to a to a smaller audience than what we would be doing with that larger budget running demand gen. All right. This is, the, this is a good uh, conversation to get started, I think. Let's say I'm an industrial company and I've got 5K a month to spend on LinkedIn, which is right in that midpoint of what you said your typical client is spending. And I'm going to do a webinar and then a bunch of additional sponsored content. So let's say I spend a thousand on the webinar. Where do you put that other 4,000? How many campaigns are you running and, and how many pieces of content do I need to create to kind of fuel that? Uh, a lot of it depends on your audience size and a lot of it depends on um, how all that on, on basically how many of how much the audience is on LinkedIn. So uh, I would, I would recommend at $4,000 figuring out the audience that's going, you're going to reach and be able to reach most effectively with that. But mostly I would be running one campaign at a time with that kind of budget because you're just not going to get enough scalability with your content in order to reach a bunch of different people via a bunch of different campaigns simultaneously. So I would focus on the audience that you want to choose um, with that budget and run to them. And then you're making iterations on that week over week. Or if you find you're getting a lot of audience fatigue or the results stop happening, that's when you start split testing different audiences um, and, and, and see if there's, and see if there's just more, there's just more promise just, just by switching your targeting up at that point. But at $4,000 a month, I'm typically focused on one audience and I'm running one campaign. I'm looking a lot at, and we're going to get into measurement later, but I'm looking a lot at reach, impressions, and frequency. And I'm paying attention to that frequency as well as the qualitative data that happens. 
um, with those ads and then looking to rotate when I feel there's audience fatigue that's happening. So you said that audience size is one of the things that the number of campaigns you run in a month depends on. So yeah. let's say you've got a small audience size. Uh, first of all, uh, let me ask you, is there a minimum audience size that you would recommend or can you go pretty small? I'd recommend a minimum audience of 20,000, I would say. Um, that, that would be my minimum. And if you're a small budget on LinkedIn ads, I wouldn't recommend going over 125,000 probably in your audience. I, I just think you need you need to have that you need that sweet spot of enough budget to reach your entire audience um, consistently enough, and then also have it be large enough that you're not because you're going to be limited on content, right? You want to have a large enough audience that you can continue to rotate content that's valuable in front of them too. So basically what you're saying is $4,000 is a good budget to reach an audience between 20K and 125K with one campaign every month. Is that right? I mean, I obviously like more money with a, with a larger audience, but you can make it work. Yes. Okay. So, so like, is there a rule of thumb you use in terms of like, how many more people in the audience and, and how that scales against how much budget you would need to effectively reach that audience? A lot of it's feel like I'm, I'm, you know, you're running it and you're looking at reach and you're looking at frequency and you're feeling whether you're, and also frankly, it's how much content do we have to distribute to those people? That's, you know, that, that fits who they are as a, as a target audience. Um, but I mean, if you're doing, if you have an audience size of like 120,000, I, I would want to look to spend six to $7,000 a month, if not, if not up to eight, um, as provided I had enough content to rotate consistently enough. So talk to me about having enough content to rotate. Like if you're trying to support a $7,000 a month ad budget, let's say in your audience is a hundred K, how many pieces of content do you need in a month to, to really fuel that strategy? A lot of it depends on reach. So, I mean, well, let's get into measurement. So, I mean, one, one of the things I look at when I'm looking at my audience is I'm, I'm looking a lot at the reach. So if I have an audience of 100, oh, let's say I have an audience of like 50,000. And so over a 30-day period, uh, my, my total impressions, let's just say it's like, let's say it's also 50,000 just to make the math even. But my reach is like, you know, 12,000. What that tells me is that only 12,000 of that 50,000 person audience is actually on LinkedIn and hence is only get delivered that content. So that would tell me that I need to rotate creative a lot more frequently because I'll probably reach a frequency of like three, four, five, and five is really when you want to rotate it. Um, I probably will reach that within a month. Um, and so you would need a new piece of content almost every month to keep feeding your audience at that rate. Okay. So just to summarize for the, for the people out there in industrial marketing world, you are going to get some kind of audience number from LinkedIn, like, hey, the estimated audience is 100K here. But then you should be looking at your reach stats after you start running the ad to see how many people are really in the audience because not everyone in LinkedIn's estimated audience size is actually going to log into LinkedIn and see the ad. Is that right? Correct. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Reach to me is, is, is a more important barometer of my, of my total addressable market on LinkedIn than the actual audience. And so, you know, you can lay the best plan out with this huge audience or this really nice tight audience, but if the reach is low, it just tells you your, your, your audience isn't on LinkedIn. So I, I look at that metric a lot when I'm running ads just to verify whether they're on there or not. 
All right. So let me ask you another targeting question, which is sure. I know that a lot of manufacturers have multiple segments that they want to sell into. So Firetrace, great example, right? We had our wind segment, mm-hmm. we had our precision machining segment. How do you tackle this LinkedIn ads question? If you have multiple segments, do you want that you want to reach? Do you need more budget to reach more segments? And and how do those considerations break out? Again, it really depends on the audience size of each segment. Like wind and energy is a huge segment, right? And so you can you can target a lot of, of people within that, as so you probably need a requisite amount of spend to reach them. And the machining is is something where you can target specifically by job title. And I, I would guess um, it would be pretty sizable there as well. I mean, I'm certainly, my feed is curated to see a lot of machinists on LinkedIn and I, and I do see them. And I, I would think that that size is pretty is pretty substantial as, as well. But it would depend on the size of your audience and then you'd have to make that decision. So let's say your wind audience was 60,000 and your precision machining audience was 25,000 and you have $8,000 a month. I'm probably doing 5,500, 2,500 between those two, those two mixes, especially if I'm considering what the average sale is for each of those segments. If, this, if the size of my sale is bigger for wind, um, I'm, I'm most certainly going to be putting more budget towards it because the payoff of getting a sale from that segment is going to be substantially larger. All right. So, so if you've got a bigger audience, all other things equal, you should be putting more budget there. But uh, you should definitely be thinking about unit economics. And in mm-hmm. fact, I, I might suggest to people that some some audiences might not support the costs of LinkedIn and you might want to focus only on Facebook because that's been your Correct. as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Awesome. All right. So uh, let's talk about kind of the risks of targeting multiple segments. If you've got a small budget, is there... Is there a point at which you, you want to go all in on one segment and uh, you know leave the other segments for uh, when you're ready to expand budget or, or maybe when you've got more creative bandwidth to create more content on your team? Is that something you run into? Yeah. So like when we, we've worked with some really small budgets and have had to make it work. And so there's a few different ways. And this is going to get into targeting. And there's a lot of different ways you can target on LinkedIn, which is part of what makes the platform very attractive, at least for me. It's more, you can get more creative targeting on LinkedIn, in my opinion, than you can get on Facebook when you think about it. Um, so if you are, it, it, I mean, so this is a perfect example because I actually have a, I actually have a client, I actually have an example here that's a really good one. So like if you sell machinery to like strictly like the window manufacturing segment of building materials, that's a niche within a niche. And it's a tough niche because, you know, let's say you make an ABM list up and this is what we did. Um, let's say you make an ABM list up of like the top 100 window manufacturers in the country. You're going to see that they classify themselves on LinkedIn in, the, in like almost six different industries. And then to, to segment that even further, like you can't even like, there's no like window manufacturing specialists. Like you're literally going to be looking at like production managers or, pro, or production engineers or, fa- or fabrication managers or manufacturing engineers or whatever across like six different segments. Well, if you were to actually make that kind of audience, you come up with, you'd come up with an audience size of like, you know, 300,000 and this is going to be way too big. So if you have a limited um, budget and you are in a really niche industry, your best bet is to, is to do the hard manual work of researching together, like, uh, like a sort of, it's almost like a demand gen light sort of approach, but researching a bunch of companies and then just loading those companies into LinkedIn and then 
and then essentially narrowing it down by either job title or job function at that point in order to get that kind of list. Because, you know, it just, it just depends on how companies classify themselves. But that's what I would recommend if you serve like a super niche industry and then you have a small budget. Now, I did this for a client. And then what I did is I used the first couple months to just learn more about kind of how the how how to expand that targeting because like I knew that I knew it was bigger than that, um, and so I basically took those first couple of months and I was looking at job titles that were coming through, job titles in the demographics area, industries in the demographics area. Um, I looked at a couple of the people who filled out and I checked out the skills that they put up on LinkedIn. And then when I was when I felt confident that I had that list right and I and I felt I could make more of a classic demand gen where I could segment through a few different things. What I ended up doing was I, I expanded that audience by going through job title um, um, and skill set. Essentially, I basically started IDing the skills that that they were that they had, and then I let that run. And then I basically just started calling out industries that I knew were not good fits until I got it dialed into a, a larger audience that I felt really good about, and just looked at the demographics, and then also obviously the um the cost impressions the click through rates and the reach yeah i would uh i would echo what you're saying that that manufacturing can be a challenging space in terms of audience building and targeting i think it's probably one of the areas you're going to want to spend the most time when you're setting up your campaigns because each segment is probably going to have a different answer to the question of how to how to best reach ideal fit people with yeah. the targeting options available to you so like you gave a couple of examples there. We we had a similar thing going on when we were targeting wind energy, where like some companies were classified as renewables and environment, and others were classified as like energy. But then the energy people were also oil and gas people that weren't relevant to us. So well, they hated you, probably, right? <laughs> yeah, they they didn't like us, or you know. So sometimes sometimes you're best off with uh, the company industry category and targeting people there. Sometimes you want to, some, some industries have specific job titles that don't exist in other industries, right? Um, which is another really great way to reach people. So, I mean, it, it shows that there's a lot of overlap with that product marketing or strategic marketing or product management function in an industrial company where you need to know the hierarchy of the organization you're selling to in order to set this up right. Yeah. And if you don't feel comfortable starting off with that kind of stuff, build a company list and then just just go with that. Like just go go on Google, search top, you know, manufacturing companies in this segment, top window manufacturers, top um, plastic injection molding, or like you know wh- whatever it is, and just start building up like a little almost ABM list. It's not really I don't really consider it ABM necessarily because I'm I'm using it to inform building a larger audience, and that's essentially what I did, um, and it ended up working out really well. And so you just end up learning from that and then figuring out how you can make more of a, a classic demand gen audience as a result. I consider it ABM. I, I, I've decided that we're taking back the the term ABM. And, and if, if you're marketing to accounts, it counts as ABM. Okay. That's fair enough. So like other, other targeting that you can do, like, and I, I mean, I've, I've done this a variety of different ways. You need to figure out what works best for you. I mean, Job titles is obviously a big one. Um, industries layering job titles on top of industries is obviously a big one. Sometimes if, you're, um, if your audience is very small and it's difficult to kind of ascertain exactly who the job titles are, it's industries on top of, um, it's industries on top of job functions 
as long as you can get that audience to a size that you're comfortable with, that can really blow out your audience size. And, and that would give me, that would give me pause. Um, so a good thing to do if you have like a, a big, you know, ABM list, for instance, is just, you know, that ABM list on top of uh, a job function. And that's going to, that's going to get you, that's going to probably get you where you want to be. Whereas a job title, the audience would be so small, you probably couldn't reach all of them or you probably reach all of them too much because you don't have quite enough content or it's just not, it's just not an attractive enough because you know, you're probably leaving opportunity on the table. So um, member skills to me is, is a little bit more of an advanced thing to use because I think member skills is an area where you could get yourself in a lot of trouble. If you're not, if you aren't super, super specific about um, who you're targeting. So like one thing that like I do with member skills is like, it's gotta be uber, uber specific. So like windows, doors, um, extrusions, like aluminum extrusions, like those kinds of things I've used as skills, microfluidics, uh, um, in vitro reagent blisters, those sorts of things that are like really specific to medical device packaging. Like I've used those as skills, but I always layer them on top of a bunch of other things that I know are going to really get me uh, a nice dialed in audience to start with. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't lean on skills as like the only thing to target on. It's something to use to complement a lot of other criteria that you layer on top of in order to get the kind of audience that you're looking for. Yeah. And there's things you definitely don't want to use in member skills, like operations yeah. management is... or, or, or manufacturing. Like it's a horrible skill to use. Don't use manufacturing as a skill, but yeah. you but should I... be able, you should be able to find enough job titles to, for people who have that skill. I do love the very specific technical member skills as a way to, to get more people though. Like, like, you know, Swiss machining, CNC milling, those were some member skills that I was layering on when we were when we were targeting that machining audience. And, and that can be, it, it, it's actually a goldmine that not every industry has. Like a lot of the medical device or like highly technical industries is an opportunity that like, you know, a fintech SaaS company wouldn't have to target based on member skills. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I would say experiment with your targeting, be creative with it, especially if you're just starting out on LinkedIn ads, it's a really good place to start testing. Like if, if your boss is, if your manager is giving you $3,000 a month, say, I want to like, just be upfront and say, look, I want to try two different audiences for a month at $1,500. And we're going to kind of bet on the one that performs the best or three different audiences at a thousand dollars. And we're going to see which one performs the best. Um, I kind of want to get back a little bit into objectives on that. Cause that actually is one thing that, that made me think about getting the most out of your budget, if you don't mind. Yeah. So let's, let's uh, wrap with a quick discussion on campaign objectives. And then yeah. I want to hear a little bit about your day-to-day workflow. So let's start with those. Okay. objectives. Though. Yeah. So campaign objectives. So this is another thing when you have a low budget, like campaign objective can actually give you a lot of stretch. So brand awareness campaigns on LinkedIn are going to give you a far lower cost per impression. This is something that I, Chris Walker had talked about it and we tried it and it, it, it was true. Now, the downside of it is you pay for any click. So whether they click the follow button or they click to your LinkedIn page or they click a like or they click share, like that's a cost per click. And so your cost per click is going to look artificially lower for sure. But when you're doing brand awareness, like the key metric to look at is cost per impression because that's what LinkedIn is trying to deliver. They're trying to deliver on a brand awareness campaign as many impressions as possible. And so... I would look at that more than anything um, if I'm if I'm measuring something like that. But um, video views is another good way to get a lot of stretch out of a low budget. If you have high quality video, um, do you do the do the hard work and, and get that SRT caption file so you can put it in the video so people can follow the captions. 
um, because most people do not have their sound on when they're on LinkedIn, especially on their phone. Um, And then, you know, you can do website visit uh, objectives. I would say, um, you know, make sure you look at your Google Analytics and and see how many people spend time on your page Um, and definitely look at that qualitative data as well. But that's going to be a more expensive execution is are those are those website are those website business ones and then um oh um in terms of like creative opportunities you know carousel ads i think are i i like carousel ads a lot i like repurposing carousel ads into things like case studies so if you have a really nice case study um that you want to send people to on the on the landing page but you also know that people aren't going to necessarily always click through do do something with the do something with a case study where you repurpose it into a carousel ad. That's exactly one thing that I did with a client. It performed really well. Um, I basically tested a, a five slide, seven slide, and ten slide carousel ad. The five slide performed the best, and uh, it ended up doing really well. Got in front of a lot of people and got some definitely got conversions out of it at uh, at a cost that was cost effective for them. So, you know, looking at your creative and ways to repurpose your creative for the channel, I think is hugely important. And something you need to think about because simply just sending them to your blog um, may not necessarily be the right thing. It's so one another thing that we did that I recognized. We were running an ad for a client, and I was running them straight to a blog that we wrote, and I wasn't getting a lot of time on the page, and so I knew it wasn't getting consumed. And so I said, "Well, let's let's take this last part of the blog, which was really the meat of it, um, and let's just make that the landing page." So we made a we spun up a new landing page where we took a 1800 word blog post and we made it into a 500 word blog post with a graphic shipped that and all of a sudden consumption went way up as a result it actually was the best performing ad i ran for the client so look at the content that you're distributing and make sure that you are considering how mobile and consumable and how mobile friendly it is and how friendly it is to be consumed quickly because it's it's a really important consideration to make when you're deciding what content to distribute on LinkedIn. Cool. So so let's talk about um, let's say you're three to six months in. You've uh, secured a couple of quick wins under your belts. Now, what does your day to day workflow need to look like to continue seeing results and continue getting better each and every day? What do you do on a daily basis? My day to day on the LinkedIn ads is I'm really looking at like past thirty um, those consumption metrics to make sure that content's being consumed. I'm really looking a lot at the demographics and I'm paying a lot of close attention to job titles and to companies and to industries that fit or don't fit my ideal customer profile. And I'm immediately excluding them if they don't fit. So we have one person who we do this for and I'm consulting them on it and not doing the work. But like we go through every week their LinkedIn ad and I go, we need to take this person out, this person out and this person out because they don't fit who we're, who you guys are trying to get in front of. So that to me is my day-to-day a lot. Um, month to month, I'm looking a lot at frequency. I'm looking at conversions, obviously. Um, I'm looking at not just click conversions, but view-through conversions as well, I think is, a, is another important thing to see. Um, if you're using like sort of a self-reported attribution on, on your forms, like asking people, how did you hear about us? I'm definitely looking at those and then triaging that with some of the, um, with the last touch that the CRM has and and seeing if it matches up because just because you don't have a lot of conversions on LinkedIn doesn't necessarily mean you aren't creating conversions in the CRM. You need to put things in place to try to capture that for yourself. Um, self-reported attribution is, is one thing that we've, we started doing with a couple clients, which is, um, which has been pretty, 
pretty telling so far. And then once that frequency is at four or five, you know, that's when you got to do ad rotation and you have to, when you have to rotate new content and go back historically through your ads that have performed the best and see like, well, what type performed the best? Was it a, what was it a single image? Was it a carousel? Was it a video? Um, you know, which, which got the most likes or comments, you know, those are definitely things to look at qualitatively to tell you who reacted best to these, which ones drove conversions as well. Um, and then look and st- study the parts about the creative that matter. Like, was it a person who was featured in that ad? Was it the machine that was featured in that ad? Did you have like a dark contrast color? Was it a color that blended into the feed a little bit more? What were you communicating in the headline? What did your description look like? So really study the elements of the ad that drove the most, um, that, that drove the best results for you. And then find ways to replicate that as you do ad rotation and ad rotation for you it, it made it, it's going to depend on the size of your audience. It's going to depend on the frequency and it's going to depend on the downstream results that you're seeing after a while. But, you know, those are definitely um, all the considerations that I'm looking at when I'm considering when to, when and how to rotate an ad. And, and the biggest thing I'm looking at is, is frequency. Once that frequency reaches five, it's, it's time to, it's really time to rotate it. Yeah. So I, I think probably one of my main takeaways here and, and what people should think about if, if you want to get into this at a manufacturing company is there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of things that you can, a lot of levers you can pull, a lot of things you can be doing better from the content to the targeting to rotating in creative. Like how does the, what does the copy say? Um, what is the, what does the design and the feed look like? What format are you using? What's your campaign objective? all of this stuff, all these levers you can pull. And, um, you know, uh, my advice to people is, is just to a certain extent, you just need to get started because you need to be able to contextualize all of this stuff for your business. And it's, it's less information than you think it is when, once you actually are doing it live. hundred percent. And then, uh, the other thing is, uh, don't, don't mail it in here, right? The LinkedIn ads shouldn't be a set it and forget it because there are so many variables that, um, you know, this is one of those things that, that you need to put attention behind and you need to know that it's an important thing that you're doing, uh, not just a box to check. Yeah. And I would say with LinkedIn ads, like there's no one big change you make that's going to just transform your ad. It's just, it's a lot of small tweaks to finally reach that point where it's really working well for you. And so don't think, and so that's the other thing I would recommend people like make, make a bunch of small changes in order to get to that, like really good spot. Don't blow things up and try to holistically change the way you're doing LinkedIn ads. Um, I think there's, there's something to be said to just like keeping your head down and just sort of plowing at it and then, and then watching that field grow. It's not something that you're going to get instantaneous gratification on. I mean, we talked about with the Google ads, right? Like that's where you go to get that faster ROI. LinkedIn ads will take more time. It will take three months. It may take six months, honestly, depending. Um, but you need to stay consistent at it and and stay the course. And and again, those little, little, those little adjustments you make day to day and week to week are really what pay off for you long term. Awesome. I think that is a great place to wrap it up. So with that. Let's outro, right? All right. Thanks, MJ. Appreciate all the questions. Um, You can catch the Industrial Marketing Show on all of the major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. Please subscribe to the Industrial Marketing Show. Leave us five stars. Leave us a written. Hit MJ and myself up on LinkedIn. Let us know if you want to be on the show. Let us know if you have a topic idea. Let us know how great we are. Let us know how much we suck. We could take it either way. Okay? Thank you all so much for the time you spent with us week to week. We really appreciate it. 
uh, always very humbled by great feedback that we get. So with that, this is the Industrial Marketing Show. I am Matt. And I am MJ. And we wish you all a great rest of your day.